Hey ADHDs, Jane here. Welcome to another episode of ADHD Mums. This one is going to be a solo episode. I put a feedback post out a few days ago and I had a heap of people wanting to talk about school holidays. What a cracker theme. Before we get started, I want to do what I usually do is talk about what a shit show it is just to sit down and do this podcast because that's real, that's life. My husband's brother passed away a couple of weeks ago, which was super sad, and he has gone to Sydney for the funeral. Don't you love life? I would have loved to go with him, but uh, we just we couldn't get a nanny. And then when we did find the right nanny, because uh, we needed kind of two nights, my kids just freaked out that we were both leaving. Any change can be difficult for them to cope with. And then as soon as I mentioned I might go to Sydney, my daughter particularly started throwing all of these like hypochondria sicknesses where she couldn't go to school and she was like dry reaching everywhere and my husband and I were pretty confident it was because she was trying to spend time with me before we left and the anxiety of it was really putting her out in the end I decided not to go or my husband said to me look it's just too bloody hard don't worry about it he's gone down there today I do feel guilty I'd love to be there for him but you've always got to do that cost benefit with your kids right like what is that going to cost me in the lead up afterwards with their anxiety? And then I get all this kickback later, like I can't drop my littlest off at kindy because he's worried that I won't be there to pick him back up and will I be there? And, you know, like I do a lot of the pickup drop-offs. I only work part-time and you get all this kickback as if you're this woman who's never there and you're like, wow, it was one time for a funeral. It wasn't hardly like a lot of fun, but the kickback can be quite hard. So he's gone down there this morning. He's usually here in the mornings and I usually go to the gym, but I've had influenza, so I haven't been. I'm going to get to that later. Influenza and school holidays was not great. And yesterday I went to the park with my littlest one. We've all been sick and, and it was his last day after a full day off. It was one of those days where you're like, you could go to daycare, but he's not quite right. And if I'm honest, the reason I didn't send him was because I thought if I rest him one more day, I reckon I can get two days of daycare out of him. If I push him now, he might not, like he might then be fatigued for the next day. So one of those days where you leave them home and then immediately regret it. And by 10 o'clock in the morning, you're like, why do I have this energetic four-year-old with me all day when he could have just been at school? He whinged all day because he was bored. I was bored too because we've been stuck at home. And he convinced me to take him to the park twice, which, oh my God, that's painful. I can't stand going to the playground or the park, particularly with one kid. I don't know when I've got three and it's the weekend, I'm like, okay, well, that's kind of seems fair, but I hate going to the park with just one kid. And then you have to entertain them. And will I just say there was all these present mums around and they were like really into it, playing with their one kid. And I sat there with my coffee and my earphones just hoping that my son played away from me and I would have 10 minutes by myself, which I feel like everyone was judging me. They probably weren't, but it did kind of climax when my son fell off his bike and I wasn't on my phone, but I was listening to a podcast and I was kind of staring at the bush, hoping that it would all be finished. And I realized that someone else was helping him and I was like, oh, that's humiliating. So I ran over. (laughs) painful. I realized yesterday that, God, I felt down. Let me just tell you, I actually had to put up in some music to ride my bike to the the park with him. 
because just all the stopping and starting and looking at things, I need music to stimulate myself. Otherwise, I kind of just want to throw myself on the road and get run over by a car because I'm like, this is painful. This is a 100-meter bike ride. This has taken us 20 minutes. And I just can't stand it. And then he usually wants to go the bush track, which has hills, which he can't ride up and down because he's four. Then he wants to get off it. He's on, he's on, he's off. And then because he's riding so slow up a hill, like he falls off, it's painful. I really miss the times where he used to sit on the bike seat. We used to crank up a speaker. That was so much easier. All kids, particularly this kid, really likes to do things himself. So if I don't allow him to do exactly what he wants, like get off and on on the bike and pick up the stick and do everything himself, if I help him in any way, shape or form, he will say he wants to replay. So he will insist on riding all the way home, taking his bike his bike helmet off, putting his bike away, getting back on the bike, putting his bike helmet back on and then riding back to the spot and redoing it. And that can be as small as me stopping him from dying. So if a bike is coming towards him and I guide him off to the side of the park because I'm worried he will get run over, that is still deemed in his mind as me helping him, which will spark off a replay. I thought the other day, okay, I'm just going to have to push through this. And I tried to push him through a replay. And I'm not a professional. This is not me speaking as an expert. This is me as a struggle street mum. And I have someone in a couple of weeks coming to talk about meltdowns. Uh, so this is just me venting. This isn't me telling you what you should or shouldn't do. I was pretty desperate and I was thinking maybe I should push through this meltdown. And I pushed him through it. So, for example, he wanted to go back. We were leaving daycare. And as we were leaving, he wanted to jump out from behind the couch and surprise me. He does this whole thing and I have to pretend to be surprised. Oh, where is Billy? And then there he is. <laughs> and he always says, good prize, not surprise, which is so cute. Anyway, he did that, but with his special painting that he painted, he ripped it. Now it was slight. It was small. And I thought, oh my God, my other two kids were waiting in the car because they can be quite distracting. And now I've banned them from going into kindy for the pickup. So sometimes they're fighting in the car as this is happening. It's or, you know, you're wondering if they've turned the car on and driven off. Like, you just don't know with my kids. Anyway, I should have just dropped them home. I didn't. I left them in the car. So I was feeling a little under pressure is my highlight. So the reception lady, who's awesome, was like, come here. Don't worry. We'll sticky tape it together. That wasn't good enough. Let me tell you that. That was not good enough. And we went back uh, to the classroom and one of the teachers there, who's also brilliant, like that whole daycare is awesome, to be honest. Um, they tried to push him through, push him through. So instead of getting back out the paints, which is what he wanted to do, she thought that she could push him through. So she tried to pick him up and walk him to the door. Now, if I had have done that, he would have flipped it. But because it was her, he kind of accepted it for a bit. And I think it gave her a bit of a sense of safety. And so anyway, um, we got halfway through the door. Then he started calling for me and wanting to hug me. And I thought, oh, this is okay. This is diverted. He wants money. She gave him to me. And the first thing he did was punch me in the nose. So I've got a blood nose, right? I'm like, oh my God, I don't think I've ever been punched in the nose. So my nose is bloody. We're trying to get him in the car. My other two kids are in the car. As we get him into the car, this is like just physically pushing him in, right? My daughter who... I don't know what she was thinking. She's usually pretty helpful. 
I don't know why. I still don't know why she got out. So she got out of the front seat as I was pushing him in the back and I was trying to go around to turn the car on. Of course, first things he does is he jumps out of the car too, runs back. And I was like, oh, my God. In the end, I'm not going to go through all the steps because, oh, my God, it was just so painful. But basically, in the end, he went psycho at the door and, and I've still got my blood nose. I ended up calling my husband, crying, and said to him, I need you to come to daycare. He's like, is everyone okay? And I'm like, you know how, like, they always want all the details? You're like, if I had time to tell you the whole story, like I wouldn't be ringing you frantic to come and help me. So I end up going, everyone's fine, but I need you to come here like right now. And he's a real dilly dallier. And I was like, you have to get in the car right now. Don't go to the toilet. Don't get your muesli bar. Just get in fucking car. Anyway, so he comes as he's coming. Billy, Billy, my son, he's just like running down the road. Like it is just unsafe. I was thinking, how did we get here over this painting? In the end, we go back inside. He does a restart with this teacher where she has to get all the paints back out. I actually think she clocked off work, poor woman. We got all the paints back out and had to start repainting it. But it was funny because as soon as we started repainting it, he didn't actually want to do that. It was weird. It was like he sat there and then he got what he wanted and then he was just so emotional at that point and exhausted. It had been like 45 minutes and I was so done. I think the idea of painting, like he just didn't even want to do it anymore. In the end, like I was initially back in there and in the end my husband actually came in and kind of like settled him down and then we ended up all leaving in two cars and I was pretty traumatised to be honest because you just start to think, oh, my God, I can't. It was just so hard. I was so exhausted. It was such a long 45 minutes, an hour. Uh, and it was confronting too because, you know, all of his little friends' parents are there seeing him at his very, very, very worst. And I just got really emotional and I think probably embarrassed as well because I was so emotional to people because I'm quite friendly. On the pickup drop-off, I'm pretty pretty out there. I'm pretty extroverted which always runs me into trouble because I feel like I can't be like that all the time and then I kind of have to because that's my personality. So I was really fighting back tears and I felt like I needed to really go to the car and like cry pretty hard for like 15 minutes and I would have been all right. But because you're holding it in, um, it lasts for a really long time. Anyway, so my point is that with this bike ride, I knew that if I tried to like really go over the top of him and go, no, we're not doing that, we're just riding he would just, like, it's just not worth it because it lasts for so long. Anyway, I feel like I've digressed from school holidays. But basically yesterday I was just feeling really down because I had him for the final day. I was exhausted over it, over the kid stuff, over not being able to do, well, just, just do normal things, like just walk around without someone crying after me just talk on the phone and you've got this huge list of stuff that you're supposed to be doing or you wanted to do and you just can't do it. And for an ADHD brain, that's like just, I don't know if it's anxiety or rage. Like I kind of move between both because I'm so frustrated. Anyway, so it was a very frustrating bike ride and I was thinking, I feel so unhappy. What has happened in the last three weeks? So it was interesting you guys wanted to hear about school holidays because I'm going to unpack what it was like for me and I'm going to throw it out there if anyone's got any feedback or has anyone mastered it? I don't know. Maybe there's people out there that do it better than me. 
God, come and hit me with it because we've got September school holidays coming and I think I need to try something different again. So before school holidays, I feel like there's a bit of a pattern in my life and maybe this is true for you, maybe it isn't. I feel like when the school term is going through and you're kind of halfway through getting to the end of term, I feel like the routine's set. So my little boy does four days a week daycare. I've been thinking about moving him to three. I'm now really don't think I want to do that, but I'm just trying to get on an even keel emotionally before I make a decision like that because, oh my God, can you imagine if I fill the day and then I change my mind? Oh, that would be a lot. So you always swing through guilt, right? Like I want to have my, he's my littlest. He's going to be at school soon. I should have him three days. I should, I should. That should word is always a problem, isn't it? Um, but then my brain is so active. I think that's crazy. I've got a preppy in a grade two. So it's been getting them into the routine of five days a week, two days with mummy helps. We've got the visual calendars with what they do after school. And I've really tried to minimize that. I don't like to do a lot of after school activities, but in saying that I'll probably list a heap and you'll probably go, that's actually a lot. But uh, I really try and reduce that down because I think it gets too draining. And I think the kids love to relax too. The cost benefit, you've always got to weigh that up, running around, driving. So halfway through the term, things seem like they're going pretty well. I know with ADHD, you can't get NDIS. I won't go into what my kids' diagnoses are because that's their information, but they've got some you know, global developmental delay. We've got speech and language delay, stuff like that in there. So you can, and this might be a tip for you guys, you can go to the NDIS with some of those things and you can get onto the early NDIS for early intervention. You don't need to have ASD, cerebral palsy, um, you know, epilepsy. So if you have ADHD, you can add it on as a, uh, as a treatable condition, but it can't be the primary. So if you've got speech and language delay, my preppy's got quite a significant stutter. We can get on the NDIS with speech and language delay and then ADHD is secondary. So then we can get help with ADHD as long as you've got a primary diagnosis. For me, I've got a really good clinical psych. She doesn't take on new patients, unfortunately, on the Sunshine Coast. If you look around, you might find someone. I would always look on your Facebook groups on a really friendly, uh, neurodiverse clinical psych who does assessments for kids. Now, I know that's hard to find. You might find one. I found one, and she's really good at getting kids on the NDIS, so she really looked for those primary disabilities that we needed to get on the NDIS. We'll probably get kicked back off in, you know, two or three years, who knows? But what that means for now is we can get all that early intervention that's funded. So for me, that's super important. We also hired an NDIS advocate for PED, for pediatric one. Uh, I can give the name if anyone wants to PM me. I could even get her on here, actually. If anyone's keen, send me a PM out, I'll get her on here. She's awesome. So what she does is she goes through your children's reports and then she lets you know what you need to do to get the best funding. She actually goes into the planning meeting with you. It can just be telehealth. She does it nationally. I think she's on the Sunshine Coast, but she does do it nationally. I th it does cost some money. However, it depends what your perspective is. My perspective is that she gets you like three times the amount of money that it costs you. So you know, that stuff out of pocket I would have paid. So for me, I, I believe it's worth it. Um, so I suppose what I'm trying to paint is midway through the term last term, I was really going pretty hard on the NDIS applications. We had to do a functional assessment for my daughter and I wanted to make sure that we had the best plan possible. If you have multiple 
kids on the NDIS, sometimes with the help of a planner or a good advocate, I was hoping to get some meal prep, some cleaning. You can get some core supports, they're called. I keep digressing, don't I? I apologize. Anyway, I was pretty busy doing the NDIS applications. Uh, Again, if you want to hear more about that, PM me and I'll do another episode on the NDIS applications and how it works. I think it's worth getting up to speed if you've got a child that could possibly get on it. It's complicated, but I think worth it. So anyway, I had enough headspace middle of through last term to get onto it. So I've opened a can of worms is my point at this point. I've opened an NDIS can of worms. And when you open that, you've got to be prepared that the providers sometimes can be quite aggressive. I've got three kids who will probably end up with some decent plans. So the functional capacity guy got me on the phone at 5.30 at night. I was pretty keen to book in. So I really prioritized it, left my husband inside with the kids while I was on the phone. And sometimes I think they don't quite understand that people kind of get where they're at. Like this provider was, oh, I've got speech, I've got EP, which is exercise physiology, I've got physio, I've got speech pathology, I've got OT, I've got, and he's like, basically just wants to get me into his sales vortex. And some of the services he listed, we didn't even need. And I'm very strongly feel that my kids need to have time to be kids. A lot of people have got questions around labeling. Do you label your, and they don't want to do that. Now, I don't mind a label. I'm actually pro-label, I think, although it's hard. I don't tell my children, you've got a stutter, you've got a speech and language delay, you have ADHD. I don't do that. What I do say to my daughter is we have a very fast brain. I say to her, you and I have got brains like Ferraris. We drive fast, we think fast. Often people can't keep up. And I kind of use analogy about how quick our brain is and how we can be impatient, get bored. And we have to be doing quite a lot of things to keep us engaged. And sometimes if things aren't interesting, I just don't do it. And, you know, she sees me too and it normalizes it. Like I never know where my keys are. She never knows where her stuff is. And we can have a bit of a laugh as opposed to like me getting onto her because I've, and that's for me where a label comes in well. So I just don't expect her to do things the first time. It's like when someone asks me to do something the first time, I don't do it. So it's that expectation that's kind of dropped and the understanding of where she's at, which allows me to be a better mother. I haven't disclosed to her fully yet about ADHD and what it means, but I think probably talking about how brains are different and how hers and eyes are so fast makes it feel a little bit more normal that she doesn't have trouble listening at school. For example, she often doesn't know what's happening. Like she had an excursion today and I was like, I suppose I just don't even try to pretend that I've got it together. I was like, what are we supposed to have again? And she's like, I told you last night. I'm like, should we check that? I can't really remember. She's like, I know. And I'm like, but do you really know? Because you told me and I don't remember half of what you said. What if you don't remember what the teacher said? She's like, that's a good idea. Let's open the email. We opened it up. Yeah, I was right. She didn't have it right. I didn't have it right. But we can kind of have a bit of a giggle together. I think the labeling for me is good in that way. The sensory, when I discovered I had sensory processing disorder, and that's just a name for like, you know, smells, touches, um, and different ways that your brain inputs information. For example, for me, 
I've been in full rage. We actually moved house and left this house because there was a dog barking next door. And I could not understand how all the other neighbours were not losing their mind. I ended up calling the council. We had to put this dog log together. At the end of the day, it's a farm dog. It's moved from the farm to a tiny little pool area. It's cruel. I believe that dog belongs on a farm. I actually love dogs. I'm a dog lover. I just can't stand the sound of dogs barking. And because these two blue healers are bored, they bark all day. I work from home. And when they started barking, I had two kids napping and it was just backing onto their fence. So we actually left. One of the reasons we left and went on a caravan trip was because I couldn't stand the dog barking. I know that sounds terrible, but you ladies get it, right? Like I get it now. At the time I felt crazy because it felt like no one else could hear it. And I became to the neighbors, does anyone hear that dog barking? And I just would lose it. Um, and, you know, podcasting lately has been really difficult with these dogs barking. I can't believe they're still living there. It's cruel. Anyway, off topic. But the point is now I just know I have to have my ear cancelling headphones on. I know I need to turn the music up and I know it really irritates me. But instead of wondering why has no one else so affected, I understand that's just my sensory profile. Awareness and labelling great. I find it to be excellent for me. I don't mind a label for NDIS funding. Oh my God, label me up. So um, that can be really helpful and awareness can be helpful. We don't medicate our kids yet. Not that I'm against it. I'm not. But I find that lifestyle changes, changes like, for example, the visual calendars. A tip that I've been doing lately, this is so obvious, but a friend told me about it and I wondered where I'd been all of my bloody life. But I have this organizational under it's just a weekly one. I can put it up, post up. It's just Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. I put it up high. It's a magnet one. And we've actually made a magnet wall for all the visual calendars. My husband helped me do it, thank God. And it's like a whole wall of planners. So my kids have one each. I have a couple because, you know, for different things, I can do a post. But basically what I do is, we have a seesaw app for my son's prep and they do a weekly newsletter. Then my grade two teacher does a weekly newsletter via email. So it's on two different platforms. I was also then having trouble because I wasn't checking post platforms. Now I've realized what day they put out the newsletter and I make sure I look at it every week. That's been difficult, but now I'm in the routine. It's become easier and I write down all of the little things like excursion day, Thoris kindy day, all of the stuff I write down each week on a high calendar that my daughter doesn't hijack. Um, and that's really helped me visually see it. I've noticed since doing this podcast, people have always talked about visual calendars. And I actually think doing it in my phone has not been helpful because I can't see it. So we put all of our stuff up on the visual calendars on the wall. That helps. So again, that comes back to me for awareness and being aware of a label. Like, okay, I have ADHD. My husband's kind of like, <laughs> he's kind of saying now, yeah, I think I might have ADHD too. Whereas before I was like, you have ADHD and he would kind of deny it. But oh my God. So the point is that last term, things improved a bit. I felt like things were going well. My son's separation anxiety improved. We were doing this parenting plan with this psychologist who's an absolute legend on the Sunshine Coast. He's the psych that diagnosed me. 
basically I take all of my own problems and my problems with my kids. He knows them pretty well now. I bring my husband there and we tackle issues. I grew up in quite a disciplined house. My parents were amazing. It's so sad they passed away early. The only way that I can flip it to make it not heartbreaking that they're not here to be grandparents is to know that I had some pretty awesome parents for 25 years. Never doesn't feel long enough. If your parents have passed away, it's something that I always say I don't talk about it much, but I seem to talk about it a lot. I do mention it a lot. Um, Not having parents and being a mother is devastating. It's devastating. I still see, it's hard to take the emotion out of my voice. I see grandparenting. We've got grandparents day coming up. God, if anyone's got a solution to that, let me know. My husband's mom has passed away too. And he's not close with his dad. Um, His dad's not that guy who would engage either. So that's really difficult because we basically don't have any. Um, And Grandparents' Day is really confronting at school. I'd love to know anyone's take on it. I'm wondering with Grandparents' Day that's coming up in about two or three weeks. I don't know if everyone's school does it the same. We do ours at the start of August. And I'm wondering whether I actually take my two kids out of school and take them to the zoo or something really cool because your only other option is to let them buddy up with another grandparent which I did do with my daughter in grade one and she hated it she was really embarrassed and hated it although (laughs) confessions I actually forgot it was grandparents day and didn't organize anything didn't tell her and then she arrived there was all these older people and then she got buddied up with some random and she was like I did not sign up for this today. Um, so I'm not sure that Cindy, your option is for you to go to school and hang out with them and be the grandparent, which sucks because it's your mum and it's not the same. Uh, but then, see, that's confronting for them and it's confronting for me. That's a hard ask for me to be around all the other grandparents and not have any. So I don't know. I'm actually thinking about taking them out of school that day and doing something really fun to save us all from that challenge. So if anyone has a solution to Grandparents' Day, let me know. Um, the point is, midway through last term, things were things were going well. Uh, my podcast has, was going well. We were hitting number 10 nationally um, in mental health. And then I'm thinking, how did I get to riding this bike a shell of a person three weeks later? How did this happen? What could I have done differently and how can I unpack this? And reflect on it because I'm like, at the start of every term, it's horrible again. I can't get the kids off. Everyone's anxious. We're all out of routine. Is this normal? How can I do this better? And how can school holidays derail us less? So, okay. So back in the medication and psychiatrist episode, I talked about medications and where we're at and the Vyvanse that I was wanting to get prescribed. I will tell you Vyvanse is actually even better than I expected. Obviously everything, obviously things don't work for everybody. Obviously I'm not saying that this is the medication that everybody should get. But what I am saying is that, you know, we went, I went through Ritalin. I went through the long acting Ritalin, which I can never remember the name of. And I went through the dexamphetamine, which was difficult to remember to take it with me, which is why I wanted to try the Vyvanse. Try the Vyvanse. It is life-changing for me. I always thought I would just take medication for like the next 
five, 10 years, maybe with the kids. And I wouldn't see myself taking it long-term. Don't you love that? But like now I'm taking it. I can't see myself not ever taking it. Um, which is again, why I'm always open to medicating my children because I see the benefits, but again, we don't need to yet. We're not doing it yet, but I am open because the Vyvanse, oh my God, if I had been taking this, if I could have had Vyvanse through my teenage years, I 100% would not have been in the depression I was in. Hand on heart, that medication would have helped me. And that's a big call, right? Like I would not want to medicate a teenager necessarily, but I can see for a teenager that went through without medication that that, that would have helped me a lot. Great thing about Vyvanse is you take it for the day, it's out of your system in, you know, 8, 12 hours or something. It's long acting, but it's not – you don't have to give it to your child for three months and then monitor them and then figure it out. Was it helping, not helping? And then you've got hormones and everything in there. You can literally ask them. And that's why I planned waiting a bit longer because I want to be able to ask my children how they feel because you know, kids are like – it's hard to know. They're so moody and little things can upset them and they don't – they can't always verbalise what's wrong. Emotional regulation's out, so you might think the Ritalin's not helping, but maybe it is. So anyway, the point is that the Vyvanse has been helping. However, I lost it. I got the bottle mixed up. I thought one of them was the Dex. Sometimes the Vyvanse – and I was aware of this. So if you take it at like let's say 7 o'clock in the morning – you might feel a bit of a crash around two. Now, if I didn't have kids, I probably wouldn't mind so much. I'd probably just chill in the afternoon. But when I have to really switch on, pick up kids from daycare and school, after school activities, and my son is hyper-focused on Uno at the moment. Oh, my God, it's all we do. And he goes to sleep with his deck of cards and he just begs me. It's constant. Uno, Uno, Uno It's all he talks about. I don't mind, you know, I'm actually coming around to it. I used to hate ball games. I definitely prefer to play Uno 101. When my daughter plays, it's, God, the fighting really gets me in. And often my four-year-old, who's so annoying when you're playing a board game, if I can get him sitting and watching the TV thing, like it is better. Um, if all three of them try to play, it's just horrible. But my four-year-old's starting to get a bit more into TV. So, you know, he might sit for 15 minutes. The point is I can play Uno when I'm taking Vyvanse. So if you think about the benefits of Vyvanse, it makes me nicer. And when I'm talking about nicer, I keep trying to unpack what it is that the Vyvanse does because I, I really think it's good for me. And I think it's actually the anxiety. So for me, anxiety often manifests in like anger rage but when I'm saying anger and rage I'm you would not think that I'm an angry person I very rarely yell like very rarely um, I'm not a yeller I don't think I've ever even yelled at my husband I'm just but that's because I'm conflict averse I'm not saying I'm an amazing person I'm conflict averse so and I almost think with yelling it would be like addictive for me like if I started yelling at my kids I reckon I'd do it all the time because they can't fight back so they can't really yell back. And so I'm like, oh, if I started doing that, I reckon I'd yell all the time. So I really try not to yell. However, yelling might be healthy because I internalize. So I just like internally rage cook and then I get like really passive aggressive, which probably yelling's healthier. So 
like I'll just start like cleaning out the oven, which is a task I would never do. You're like, oh, don't worry to my husband. I'll just clean out the oven. I do everything. Like I get really like victim too, which is super sad. The vibe ants takes away a lot of my anxiety. So I don't feel as anxious. I don't feel as stressed and agitated, which stops me from playing with my children and being nice, having a coffee with my husband, chilling out, giving my kids a cuddle on the couch because I'm anxious. I'm like running around. My husband always calls it when my eyes are flicking around. Like I'm kind of like, <gasps> and, and like, I'm like panicked. It's, it comes across like panic. And I tell you internally, it feels like panic too. And that's how I feel in the morning if I'm not medicated. And I love to go to the gym in the morning. It sets me up in the morning, but then sometimes I always get chatting and then I come home late and then I hit panic. So it, makes me more chilled and takes away the anxiety I have. But then I also managed to get there around about the same time I would have got there anyway with the anxiety. So it makes me more pleasant, more chilled, more kind, more compassionate. And I think when I started this podcast, I said I didn't have anxiety. I think I've got anxiety. So especially when I talk to guests and they talk about their anxiety and I'm like, oh, yeah, I feel like that all the time. So the Vivance is great for anxiety. So the point I'm trying to make here is midway through the term, I'm feeling good. I'm thinking this is going pretty good. I'm Things are really coming together and the medication was also stopping me from chasing dopamine. So from starting all of those new unrelated tasks keeps me on task with what I am doing. So I always have to work, but I have my passion project, which is my podcast, And I was thinking, geez, I'm feeling balanced. I'm not doing those crazy things where I would sign my husband and I up to things or I book a non-refundable holiday that doesn't suit. And then I've like committed this into something weird, Um, not spending a lot of money on things that don't make sense, not like doing weird things like talking about moving house, derailing our financial plan that we have. Uh, or, uh, you know, coming up with weird scenarios, changing all of our structure and routine to then find that none of that works. So that's real dopamine seeking for me. I get into this like weird organizational thing and I want to change everything. And I go, oh, we should be sugar free or we should not watch TV or we should go on the special diet. We should, I don't know. I don't know what it is. I'm hoping this isn't weird. Anyway, so I wasn't doing a lot of those things. I felt like we were really on track. So school holiday comes, right? And yeah, I think even with medication, my anxiety took over. I was, and I am a deep thinker. I reflect on all the, a lot of the things that I do as a parent and as our life, and I want to know how to improve it. And I think, okay, so if I run through the school holidays in the past, when they were all at daycare, we didn't really do school holidays. And I avoided school holidays because everyone else was on school holidays if we did choose to holiday or take time off, I'd never do it in school holidays. I had my first child in prep and I think I said to you that was my breakdown year. So I ended up putting her in a fair bit of activities. She loves art and we also at that time, it was like kind of covid I think COVID was kind of finishing, but it was still a little covid So um, my two boys were preemie and they just got really sick a lot at daycare and we were paying so much money for four days a week and we had two weeks off and again I said to you about my breakdown year I was running two businesses my husband was running a business and my also my husband can be quite like he's quite structured 
he doesn't like change and he felt like I was changing things on him all the time. I would like, oh, well, this one's sick. Can you do this? I've got this meeting. And we were always on the fly and the kids were so much littler. We were living in a very small house on a busy road. So the kids couldn't really play too much outside. We had to physically take them to the park. The house was really echoey and I didn't realize I had ADHD or sensory processing issues. So the noise, oh, I couldn't, I couldn't deal with it. And I'd go outside to take a breath, but the backyard was so awful that the sun would beat down from the west on the Sunshine Coast in Queensland. We had no air con- Like it was just where we were living was awful. I Well, actually, one of the reasons we were living there was because of the dog barking at the other house. So I forced us to move house because of the dog barking. Anyway, see, this is where awareness comes in, right? Like you get to, you can see the mistakes. Anyway, so we were in this house and it was just, it was a disaster that year. I was super busy at work and my work ended up getting getting me a personal assistant and she was so great. She ended up um, doing a lot of personal stuff for me as well and she ended up finding me a nanny so we could pull the kids out of daycare. So the point is at that time the nanny would have just an extra child with them. She would do activities and it was all pretty sweet. Then that year kind of happened and, again, the way we were living, I felt driven out by the noise, by the life and by the house, how things were, the stress. I just felt like I couldn't couldn't do it and I wanted to run away. Dopamine seeking, you know, we went and bought that caravan and um, if you want to hear more about that, that's kind of in some of my earlier episodes. But we ended up going away for a whole year or pretty much the whole year. So that year we obviously were homeschooling or not, we didn't really homeschool if I'm honest, but we kind of, you know, traveled and stuff. And we've come back and into kind of grade two and prep. And so we've kind of had another run at the school holidays. Easter came and we went up to Noosa, which I thought would work well because it's just a 40 minute drive we got some decent accommodation and I thought this would be a really nice family holiday. A really nice family holiday. What a mistake. I ended up talking to one of my besties on the phone and she's like, oh, you've made a mistake. Holidaying is only fun when you're planning the holiday. The actual holiday with children is, is fucking awful. And she was right. Like I, it was horrible. I don't want to say horrible. When we had the idea of the family holiday and we were going to be in Noosa, the accommodation on the beach side was just so expensive. It was ridiculous at Easter. And I wanted to go for like over a week because in my mind, I thought it takes two or three days to get settled. The last two days are kind of like packing up. Like I wouldn't have had a nice, like decent time together. Mistake. Too long, right? But anyway, so we stayed on the Noosa River side and my kids are really difficult in the car. We wanted to take stand-up paddle boards and go to the beach and go to the river and we had all these plans. So we had to take my husband's Land Cruiser, which has got three seats in the back and no no like seven seaters in the boot because that all the stuff was in the boot. Mistake. I can't drive around with my three kids in the back seat because they fight all the time. So I've got an Outlander, which is like a seven-seater. So I put, usually put my daughter in the boot And it kind of converts really easily and you can drive around without anybody touching and looking at each other. It's just a quieter ride. Um, So anyway, 
the point is we didn't really drive around too much because I couldn't stand the screaming in the car and we ended up kind of hanging out on the Noosa side of the river a bit. The kids have scooters and I had this idea of us, us like having coffees, going for scoots and walks and everything. Oh, my God, it was just it was mayhem. There was this sewage drain near the our accommodation and literally every morning my two boys were obsessed with the drain. And initially I was like, oh, no, we're not playing near the drain. That's dirty. And then, like, you know, you're like 24 hours and you're like, yeah, playing the drain. I don't care anymore. Like anything to have a quiet coffee and look at the water. And every single day my boys insisted on playing in this drain. And so they were just like, I think it was, I don't know, the water didn't look too dirty. Oh, probably, I don't know. Anyway, they had buckets and spade and they played in this drain every single day. We sat by this drain in Noosa. It wasn't great. If I'm honest, it wasn't great. It wasn't a great trip. We ended up playing excess because uh, I had some Easter like art gear and my four-year-old and my five-year-old painted some of the toilet. I don't even know with the paint, we ended up paying $1,000 excess for that apartment to be excessively cleaned after a week there. How embarrassing. Mainly it was because of the paint. I kind of, I wish I could remember. Oh, no, I think, you know what they did? They used the like plates, the plates and the cups, I think, for their art. I would love to tell you what I was doing at this point. They're pretty quick though. Like I must have been going to the pool with my daughter. My husband was probably laying down watching TV. You know how you dress like at that point? anything like anything for a quiet moment and the boys are pretty quick so point being coming up into the school holiday we decided not to go away and at this point I also lost my Vyvanse so I've talked about this before medication is a controlled substance my telehealth psychologist is incredibly expensive it's like 350 360 for a buddy 30 minute appointment which is five minutes of you talking 10 minutes of him doing paperwork and then he leaves early from, like you can't email them and ask for another script because it's a controlled substance. You can't get a repeat early. They won't let you. And then in the end, I ended up being unmedicated for a little bit, which was not good. So at this point, I was planning the school holidays and I was reflecting on all of this. And one of the things that really drives me is the price of daycare. Like it shits me, right? I don't think it's fair to charge working families the amount that is charged. And however, in saying that, I love the daycare centres. They need and they deserve to make a profit. They work hard. I think they should pay the workers more. So when I say that, I need to be aware of what that impact is, that I don't want to pay as much. I actually think maybe the government should pay more. But then the government's paying more and everything. Look, who knows? This is a can of worms. But I still think it's unfair uh, on working mums, and I think it has something to do with the ADHD tax. ADHD mums in my opinion, a lot of the time, enjoy working. And a lot of us are working and it puts a lot of pressure on you to make a lot of money when you're paying for day fare fees, especially if you've got two in there. And then what, like, what are you paying? It's ridiculous. I think daycare is a big factor for parents with school holidays because you put your kid in, you have to keep paying, right? Like, and you have to have the book days. I don't know if anyone's got a trick to it, let me know. But it does my head in with school holidays because I'm there thinking to myself, okay, so I'm paying all this money for daycare, but I've got two kids at home with me. Then I'm doing all these expensive kids activities. I'd prefer to have all of them with me. I understand it's a bit different if you've got one at school and one in kindy, then at least you've got quality time. But if you've got two fighting anyway, 
That's part of the stress, I think. So anyway, I was determined this school holidays would be better. So I thought what I'll do is I'll do one week of working and I'll put the kids in vacation care for four days, my four-year-old in for four days, which is what he does. And the second week I will do this like really complex web of, which I made really complex, one at home, one-on-one with one of them, one-on-one with this one, play date with that one, this one over here, that one there, pull this one out for this. Anyway, um, so basically, and I think one of the other things that I didn't factor in was my husband. So I didn't actually talk to him about any of these plans. Why? I mean, look, I should have made time. And then when I was kind of in it, I then got pissed off with him, not that he knew this because he didn't really make any time to spend time with the kids. He didn't factor in school holidays. He just went about his business as per usual. However, in fairness to him, I didn't actually, I didn't actually include him in that. So what, like what hope did he have when I didn't communicate my expectations or ask him about what he wanted to spend time with kids? And don't you love it? Like, I don't even think he really felt guilty or anything. He just seemed quite fine. And he's a great dad. So this isn't about him not doing this or not doing that. It's the fact that I didn't ask him, I didn't factor him in. And then when he wasn't doing anything or I was left with everything, or I felt that it was me alone in it, I was then pissed off with him, which was a mistake. So, and my daughter kept saying to me, when are we going to spend time together? And when are we going away on a holiday? And I thought this is going to be me doing things with my kids, but coming home and sleeping in our own beds and having dinner and having the TV and the neighborhood kids. And it's going to be better. But so first week, the first few days was professional development days and I kind of didn't want to start school holidays too early. So I immediately felt guilty when I dropped them at vacation care when they just had this lead up. It was the end of school, school holidays, and I dropped them at school for the next two days. I don't think the vacation care is there is great. They didn't have really great two days and I felt guilty. The first week came, I put them in vacation care And I made a mistake and I put my daughter in a bit of a sporty kind of thing, which in fairness to me, I thought would develop her gross motor skills. She's not great at sport. And I, and my husband's always like, well, if she did more sport, she'd be better at it. She'd practice catching the ball. She'd practice running. Yeah. Okay. But actually what happened, there's a heap of sporty kids, mainly boys there. And she, she felt, I don't think she was bullied. I think she just felt like she wasn't going very well. It wasn't her thing. And I immediately regretted it, but I booked her in for a two-day camp. And my son was there, who's five, and he's actually quite good at sports. So he was better at it than she was. It was a mess. So into the first week, I was feeling a bit guilty for not picking the right activities or not going on the family holiday and or not spending time together. And my daughter was really like, she likes to really guilt me. So she's like, when are we going to spend time together as a family? I didn't like that and blah, blah, blah. So I was like, that's cool. The final week I had organized to take the week off work and I had organized this complex web of one-on-one time daycare play dates. And the first day of it, I had organized for my daughter to go uh, to this like rock climbing thing with her friend, but her friend, their family is of extremely busy life and I think they might've forgotten. And so when she got there, she had had all this lead up that her friend was going to be there. She wasn't there. And because it was a rock climbing thing, it was like full of nerdy looking boys and they just didn't look like her people. She's not particularly cool, but I think they were just older. They just weren't her people. And then of course I had organized to get my son's hearing tested 
and I had organized to have him at home with me and I told him we were going to have this one-on-one day and we were going to get his hearing tested. I woke up that morning, checked the date. It was the wrong date. It was the next Monday, which was the first day back at school. Oh, my God, what an idiot. So I tried to drop her off. She lost it. Again, not one of those things where it's like, oh, huh, oh, I'll get you an ice cream afterwards if you go. Like she just lost it and he lost it because he thought he was going to have a one-on-one day with mummy. And I lost it because I realized that next week was the hearing test and I hadn't, and I just lost a whole day and I had two of them with me and I had nothing planned. And anyway, I t- took them to the big Boeing here on the Sunshine Coast, which is basically a trampoline center. They love it. And I was like, honestly, just checked out. I didn't want to go. So I took my laptop, my head, ear cancelling headphones and thought surely they can look after themselves a bit there. It was packed and I didn't anticipate that there was clearly an influenza bug going through there because there was people coughing. It was gross. It was packed. I felt disgusting being in there. I booked them a two-hour slot. I don't know why. I hated it. Hated it. Every moment of I hated it, um, but we went. So we were there. It was a mistake because the next day uh, they started coming down with like a flu and my son went down first and then my daughter was still okay. I ended up getting my husband to look after my son because my daughter wanted to go rollerblading with a group of friends that we have. One of them she has a major crush on. So she made me straighten her hair in advance and I was starting to feel a little unwell at this point. And I straightened her hair and she had this image of her rollerblading, you know, the wind in her hair with her boyfriend looking at her probably. And she had this little outfit on with this little midriff thing and these sunglasses with like pink rims and sleeves. She makes me laugh. Anyway, so we got there. She always over-exaggerates her own ability, always. So we go to cross country. She doesn't know why she hasn't won she doesn't understand when she doesn't win everything and she's not the best at everything because she thinks that she's incredible. Love her confidence. Didn't occur to her that she wouldn't be able to rollerblade. So we get that she's shit at rollerblading, right? And she also doesn't want me to help her because that's embarrassing. So it ends up with just her falling on the ground repeatedly. Right before this, my bestie sends me a uh, like a link that Amy Jared from Beyond the Likes has released the podcast with me in it. Now, I thought she was going to send me the audio before getting released, and I usually control the edit, and I'm usually pretty comfortable about what's released. I was obviously a little out of my depth because you do a podcast with someone, you get going about something you're passionate about, you don't get to hear it before it's released. She's incredibly popular. She would be my favorite podcaster by far. I love her. Like she's a celebrity to me. I was super nervous about it coming out. She released a podcast in the middle of this uh, and I hadn't got to listen to it. So I was struck by like anxiety. I had all the kids. One of my other one was sick and Gigi was melting down about the rollerblading. And I basically had to listen to this podcast, like one minute interruption, one minute interruption. And then I just started coming down really hard with like flu symptoms that afternoon uh, night and the next day I was in bed and I've never had a flu or a cold that had put me in bed like that I was in bed from Friday to Monday it was so bad at home initially my husband bought me a cup of tea in bed and that was really like that's like a Christmas birthday thing he doesn't usually do that but by Monday 
um, the house was just like, uh, yeah, it was, I mean, no one picks up anything except for me and my husband, you could see he was just getting done like he was getting done. Cause I mean, I was sleeping 20 hours a day. We were like, I've never been so sick. My kids were 40 degree fevers. We were unbelievably unwell. I started to kind of come out of it kind of Monday-ish and then my husband went down and I also got tons of messages from the Beyond Your Lights fan and I was in bed. It was pretty horrible, even though I loved, I just suppose I wanted to enjoy it. I'd worked really hard. I was really nervous about that interview and I wanted to enjoy it. And it was, yeah, it was pretty horrible five days. Um, my husband and I ended up just grunting at each other. We didn't, like, even we weren't even talking. We didn't have the energy and the kids were just whinging. No one took their medicine. No one took any vitamins. We just couldn't even get them to do anything um, that would even help them. And we were just done. We were just completely done. It was like I'd had a complex deck of cards with that week and all of the stuff that we were going to do. And then because something goes and interrupts it, it was just complete mess. And I had started all these projects. My phone was ringing off the hook, you know, with this NDIS stuff, the OTs the therapist, my phone was pinging with the podcast going out, which was a good problem. I'd started all these projects and then my phone was just blowing up and I couldn't, I couldn't do anything at all. Uh, so it was, that was the first week back. So I've never been so sick. I always wondered why people would say things like, I couldn't even get my kids off to school. I'd always be like, wouldn't you switch on to get your kids off to school? And then you could lay home and die. No, we couldn't even get the kids to school. I, they probably weren't well enough anyway, but I couldn't get, we couldn't get out of bed. It was horrible. Um, and we had all these projects that we were just supposed to be doing and we couldn't do. The recovery from that illness, um, I've started to feel better these last couple of days. And I think the ADHD has really kicked in, right? Like, because I've been stuck inside a house, not doing anything for nearly three weeks, I feel so behind and the anxiety is really there. And that's when that agitation and rage kind of comes in too because you can't do anything. And I think that's where that bike ride, which is where I started at this podcast, I just felt like I had this huge to-do list. I was like, I'll do anything to be able to sit at my computer, walk around without anyone talking to me and catch up, have some time, put some music on. Oh, my God, I'm just over, over it. And then, of course, that mum vibe of like, you can never do anything that you want to do until everyone else is okay. Like, what's that about? Um, and I think it's always taking on that load as a mother as well, you know, like you're coordinating everybody. But like, and look, my husband's pretty good, but I don't feel like I can just go and do whatever I want and leave him with it. Like, you know, you're kind of like they are putting everyone else first, but then that's my choice. It's, I don't understand that, you know, if anyone else wants to jump on and help me unpack that that would be great I think that's just mum life I don't know but it just hit me like I have not got to do anything remotely that I need to be doing for the last three weeks and I feel like I'm driving fast car that needs to move but the garage door is shut and I'm just revving it that's how it felt yesterday that's how it feels this morning where I'm like somebody open that garage door because I am ready to go like my mind has switched on, my hyperactive brain, and I need to move. And, you know, being stuck at home with sick kids, being sick yourself, 
Um, and then my husband says to me things like, oh, so what, oh, what do you mean? You ha- what do you have to do? And it's like, maybe it doesn't even sound urgent to him. I just need to do something. Like it's urgent to me. I have to move. Um, And, you know, it's at that point yesterday where it's again that awareness that my brain was starting to cause trouble, Uh, you know, talking about changing the routine drastically, what's wrong with me, we need to change this, do this. Um, And it's that dopamine searching hit where I'm looking and then I know that I make my own trouble. And I can feel myself doing it. And it's walking through mud, doing things I don't want to do, but then not being able to do things that I want to do. I don't know if anyone resonates with that. But then I also feel like it's that searching and searching in your brain. Like instead of just being able to be happy going on the bike to the park. I don't know if it's a jealousy thing. I always see other people on social media, they probably don't have ADHD and they're like, be present. My child's only young once. Get off your phone, look up, explore nature. I don't know. Maybe that's just not realistic for me or at this moment, but I just, do people really do that? I don't know. Anyway, I always remember my grandma, my um, ADHD comes from my dad's side and I remember her being over 80 and she had a chainsaw and she was like chainsawing down trees and my dad was helping her and he was like injured and they both couldn't sit down. They couldn't wait. They wouldn't have lunch. They just kept going and going. And I was looking at them like, oh my God, I didn't really think I had ADHD because I have a really hyperactive brain, but I'm not like physically hyperactive. I wouldn't go and do that stuff. It's more of a brain hyperactive thing. Anyway, so we've gone back to school today has been the first day that I've had all of my kids back at some sort of school and kindy. And I was reflecting on how did things go so wrong? Okay, I know the flu couldn't really be avoided necessarily. We might have got that anyway, but I was talking to someone on Facebook chat, one of on the ADHD mums page, and she was saying that she puts her four-year-old in daycare but less days and then she spends time with her other kids and they do activities and she basically doesn't do any structure. She doesn't do any vacation care. She just like leaves it up to the day. My anxiety, I think, would stop me from doing that. But I'm thinking September school holidays, maybe I should try that. That sounds honestly terrifying to me. But I would love to know, have you mastered school holidays? What have you done that works? What have you done that doesn't work? Or do you go into anxiety like I do? Does this resonate with you? But I know that I'm going to get partway through this term probably I'm going to go back to where I was before, where I felt like I was going really well. And then I'm going to look down the edge of school holidays and I'll be like, I have not actually figured out how to do this well. Or is my expectations too high? Is school holidays always a shit show? Is this is this life? Can you cancel daycare and school holidays? Is that the way to get around the guilt around the money and how much it costs? Anyway, I'd love to hear from you. Let me know what you think. I hope this was a great update. Uh, take care. Much love. Thanks for listening.